What's up, everybody? Joey here from Creative Rise, and I'm just popping in to introduce you to a little bit of a different format for this week's episode of the podcast. I cannot wait for you to listen to this full episode. Please do listen to the full thing because I think there's so much value in there for you if you're trying to grow your business. But today's episode is a little bit unique because it's actually an interview that we're pulling from the Socality Show and reposting here to encourage you to go listen to the Socality Show, get to know the people behind Socality. Here's the reason why. Socality is a global community of creatives connecting you online so you can then have awesome offline relationships with these people. They've got in-person resources, uh, events, tons of online stuff to just empower creatives all over the world. I'm a big fan of Socality, have been for a long time. I'm great friends with Scott back in the founder of uh, Socality and the guy interviewing me on this episode. So today's episode is a ton of fun. I hope you listen to the entire thing. Like I said, we're talking problem solving, pitching, offer, like just everything when it comes to growing a creative business. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode. So, so here is my interview where I was being interviewed with my good friend, Scott Backen, the founder of Socality. Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Socality Show. I'm your host, Scott Backen, and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with our guest, Joey Spears. Joey is an amazing creator, but at the same time, also a business coach. Uh, And he is empowering creators all over the world, all about helping them solve their problems to go from, I guess, zero to hero. Uh, And he's a good friend of mine. He has got so many amazing ideas in his brain to help people overcome the the circumstances they're facing that are holding them back from growing. And I'm so glad to have you here, Joey. Uh, I've got have a little bio for you. I'm going to read it because it's so good. Um, but we're so glad to have you on the show. And I know that today we are going to be answering so many questions and helping people solve so many problems when it comes to their creative journey, especially for people looking to do um, creative full-time. And when I say creative, I mean anything. You could be a photographer, videography, starting your own business, your own new venture, a small business. I think the principles that we're going to talk about today relate to everything. So I'm excited to dig with you on this. So Joey Spears is aiming to build a world where creatives succeed at doing what they love. After building a six-figure creative agency as a teenager, that's pretty impressive. Um, I was mowing lawns, (laughs) but I'm older. Uh, So was Uh, I. I was was definitely mowing lawns at one point when I was a teenager. You got to do it. I needed to make six figures mowing lawns. Working with brands, Joey decided to share the secrets to building a creative business. So he started Creative Rise, a business education platform for creators and the top ranked podcast of Creative Rise podcast. So you need to be listening to Joey's podcast on the regular um, Creative Rise podcast. Joey today is a brand strategy strategist, um, marketing consultant, and creative business coach. So what a great bio. And I know that you are true to this because I've known you for a few years now and I've seen this in your life. I've seen how you've helped me. You've given me some great advice. One thing I love about you and you're going to see today Uh, as you listen and watch this podcast, is Joey has got some great solutions. He'll come out of left field for things that you're not thinking in your brain. And he's going to answer some great things for people. You help people overcome that hump, you know? And I know that as creators, we can get into that very focused and we're not looking at, you know, because I think too with creativity, and you can speak to this too, but um, we often think it's about the art, but we don't understand the business of the art. And I think that you really bring um, both sides, but you help people push for, 
push people forward. So I'm looking forward to having you today. Joy, where are you coming to us from today? Where are you currently? Uh, Northern California. Quite the intro, Scott. Thank you so much. So excited <laughs> to be on the show. Uh, appreciate you having me on. A huge fan of SoCality, as you know, always have been. Uh, yeah, so this is, this is an honor, man. Thanks for having me on. But I'm coming in from Northern California. I'm actually Canadian, so we got the same blood. But however, Represent. I met my wife in an airport, uh, in the LAX airport, and fell in love with her, and we got married. And she is just, a born and bred California. What's happened in there? Like, you're just like waiting for your bags. What's going on? How did, <laughs> so how funny did enough, that happen? Funny enough, uh, I was flying home from three days of business in LA uh, and I was flying back to Toronto. I was in the international terminal and I kept, you know, when you, you know, when you're in security, Scott, you travel a ton and you're walking through like the zigzaggy lines and you keep passing Mm -hmm. the same people, right? Every single time. And I kept looking at this girl. I was like, wow, she's the most American looking girl I've ever seen. And still to this day, I don't know how to, I don't know how to quantify that. Like, I don't know what that means. What it's does a compliment. American girl look like? It's a compliment. It's definitely a compliment. When she first heard me say that, she didn't know if it was a compliment. But anyways, all of a sudden, I'm pushing my bag. It's a. It's right here on the floor. It's a Ruka uh, Zach Noyle. Is it Zach Noyle? Zach Noyle. Uh, yeah. Zach Noyle? Yeah, yeah. It's a Ruka Zach Noyle bag. Yeah. I don't see anybody else have them. I bought it down in Kira Surf in Kira, Australia. Yeah. And I saw the bag. It was one of one just sitting on a shelf. And I was like, dude, this thing's perfect for me. It's a perfect travel bag. Um, anyways, I bought it. She saw that on me. She taps me on the shoulder as I'm pushing that bag quite literally through the TSA right. machine, like putting yeah. it through the thing, take out your laptop, all that stuff. And she said, Hey, is that a camera bag? I said, yeah, it is. And, uh, she said, I'm a photographer. I'm a wedding photographer. And I said, Oh, cool. Like I'm a photographer as well. I've been for a while. I'm just coming back from a business trip down here in LA. And I basically sent her the bag on Instagram cause I didn't know where you could buy it. Cause again, I bought it down in Australia and long right. story short, we stayed connected and about six, seven months later, um, we reconnected when I was back in LA on another trip. And wow. uh, long story short, yeah, I fell in love with her and now so we're married and we live here. The tip is you need to find the bag or the item that so- you that someone you want to marry would like and just walk through airports 100%. with it. The 100%. jeans you like, the jacket you like, and yep. just hope that the person you want to marry notices you in it and you're like hey you like this i'm gonna and, send it to you and or just start being the other side just start tapping people on the shoulder in airports <laughs> you never know what could happen you never know what could happen so i it's a great story i don't let her we still travel a ton i do not let her touch anybody else in the airport anymore uh, yes we know course. how it went the last time but uh yeah we're here in northern california i wonder if she thought you were the most canadian looking guy that she's ever seen yeah she didn't say that um <laughs> she didn't say that but uh yeah it's a funny story. What an awesome story. I never knew that. That is so cool. Yeah. I can't remember why we said this. Um, you oh, yeah. Where, where are you from? coming from? Yep. So now you're, Can- you're Canadian living in, you get the best of both worlds, which is great, uh, which is, is such a cool, cool opportunity. And uh, how did you get into, I know business coaching and, and helping people is, is something in uh, you're passionate about. How did you even discover that? How did you find that you like that? Yeah, it's a great story. So, um, or great question. Uh, I definitely never set out. One thing I never set out to do was live in the States. I also never set out to ever be a business coach. I never thought that was something that I would do. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. I don't think there's anything more rewarding for me than when I can help a creative who is so talented and you know is stuck working a job they don't like. And then after their job, they have to go out and do the things they love to fulfill themselves creatively. And they want to get to do what they love for a living. There's nothing better than helping that person learn how to quit their job, replace their income, and you know eventually make six figures. Creative Rise, as you mentioned earlier, uh, is the platform that I started back in 2019 that me and my wife run. And uh, 
I just think we're the best place in the world, honestly, for creatives to learn how to make six figures. Whether you're a wedding photographer, you're a filmmaker, you're a you know a creative working in the commercial space, um, whatever it's going to be, web developers, graphic designers, social media strategists, influencers, whatever it's going to be, I think we've got the best formula and I think the best the best type of, of of environment for you to really grow and flourish as someone who's learning business. And you're right, Scott, creatives, including myself, you know, a lot of us are so wired to be creative and we don't get business. But I think one of the things that I'm always trying to remind people people um, when they start to come into our ecosystem in our, in our community and they're wanting to learn business, I say, just because you're creative doesn't mean you're not going to get business because business is just creativity. It's no different. It's just right. a different form of being creative, right? Being creative with a camera is solving some kind of a problem, creating some kind of outcome that's desirable and you know it's beautiful the same way it is with business, right? There's a problem. The only way business works is when you know, there's a problem and you have to somehow develop a solution and you'll give that solution to somebody or something and you're going to get paid for it, right? So it's another form of creativity. And I think when people wrap their heads around that, they get excited. Now, how did I get into all of that? Uh, this is a great question. Long, long story short. Um, so I started my agency at 14. And wow, uh, I started at 14 because so cool. I had a pretty I had a pretty troubling um, time in the school system. I've got ADHD, uh, like actually diagnosed. A lot of people throw that around these days. I've got actual <laughs> ADHD, a ton of it. I've been on ADHD pills since I was like a little, little kid. I don't take them anymore because I think they, they were messing with me a little bit. Um, and I'll tell you why I don't take them in a second. But uh, so ADHD, I've got diagnosed um, a couple different learning disabilities. So I've got some processing disorders where my brain doesn't process information the same way that the school system was wanting me to to download stuff. So uh, I had a really, really tough time. So all the way through school, I just kind of knew like, hey, this is not my thing. I can't wait to get out of here. And so naturally being, I was always a naturally confident kid. I loved uh, the things I loved. I was really passionate, but I didn't know how to channel that stuff. So I got myself into a lot of trouble. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, come up on the age 12, 13, I think my my family was just looking for ways to build into me and develop me, you know, because it didn't feel like school was doing that well. And I've got amazing parents and they really encouraged me with the video stuff because I loved making videos. I grew up doing extreme sports stuff. And so you, you know, if you're going to jump over a fire on a bike with a bunch of your buddies, someone has got to film it because when you're 11, someone's either going to land in the fire and it's going to be a great video or they're going right. to gap the fire and it'll also be a great video. Yeah. So either way, it was like, somebody's got to film it. Either so way. I remember having a little Kodak. It was a Kodak shockproof camera. It was like the pre GoPro GoPro. It was right. the same thing. It just was terrible. It shot like 480p or something. And, uh, I used to come home and make a video every single night, you know, when I was like 11, 12 years old. And eventually I think people just started really encouraging me into that saying, man, you love this stuff. You should keep doing it. And, and then when I was like 13, I started getting offers from people in our community, people in our network just saying, Hey, you love making videos. Would you make a video for like a hundred bucks for my business? And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, a hundred bucks. Like that could buy me Tim Hortons for, you could buy me lunch at high school. for So like, many Timbits. Dude, so many Timbits, you know? And at the, at the time my go-to was a cheese croissant, toasted with butter. And I was like, I could get so many cheese croissants toasted with butter, you know? So anyways, um, I got into it because it was the first thing that I felt like I could channel all of my energy and passion into that was outside of sports. That was outside of that stuff. And something that I could see down the road having some kind of financial return on. And I got really excited about that. So I had some people really speak into my life and journey beside me and help me as a young teenager. I was like a 14 year old and I started a business and I would just walk around town trying to pitch people on letting me solve problems for them with video. Um, now, right place, right time. Obviously, Rise of Social Media is coming up, uh, as you obviously have definitely benefited from and taken full advantage of, Social King over here. Um, <laughs> but 
you know, right place, right time. Uh, I started doing social media stuff and, and, and started focusing on social video. And so that was, I think, a little bit different than a lot of people in the film space that were still focusing on commercial stuff, and like longer format commercials or video commercials and stuff. And so I just really went into the social stuff, which then as the age of like 15, got me into consulting on social media. They'd say, well, hey, like, don't just make a video for us. Teach us how to run social media. Right. And so then I, mm. that's where I kind of became more of an agency because we were doing video. I then started doing photo. I then started doing social media consulting. We started building marketing funnels for people. I was like 16, 17. I'm in high school and I'm like, Teacher's like, put your laptop away. And I'm like, no, like I'm like building a funnel right now, actually on the school <laughs> laptop that the school system gave me because of my learning disabilities. Yeah. You know, I'm just like maximizing everything. So right. that's how I got into creative business. Long story short, I was able to build a six figure business uh, as a teenager, as you said, got to work with some awesome clients, dream things, dream companies, Yeti, Ford, Uber, Hydro Flask, Leatherman, like all these fun outdoor companies. Um, and I got to fly all, all around the world doing it as, as you have yourself. And what a blessing it is to do that for a living, right? Like we are so lucky. Mm -hmm. And so I started to get a little bit of traction online with people just asking me, Hey, how are you doing what you're doing? It doesn't make sense. Like you're 17, you're getting sent to Iceland to camp for a week and shoot like a tent in a backpack and all these other products. What are you doing? So I started helping them. Uh, cause I was like, Hey, if I can do this, you can do this. I'm definitely not the best creative. I'm just figuring out a business strategy. It's working. Right. And so long story short, I had a really, really wise person speak into my life and they said, Hey man, they said, you've got to start chunking out some time in your calendar in order to really focus on this. Cause they said, just doing one-off stuff in the DMs and helping people for free. You think you're helping more people, but you're actually not because you're bottlenecked on your time. Why don't you carve out, you know, a quarter of your year, start a company and start teaching creatives how to do what you're doing. And at the time, again, this is 2019. This is before everyone was like some kind of a business coach online. And before that term was really watered down. Um, and so I said, sure, I'm going to start doing that. So I started Creative Rise. At first, it started with a six-week program where I developed six pillars that I think help you build a six-figure business. And we are still running that program to this day. It's called the Creative Rise Mastermind. Uh, it is, again, I think the best place for people to learn how to make six figures as a creative. We've put 208 people through it, uh, had so many creatives come through and learn how to make six figures and have done so. We've even had a lot of people learn how to make their first multiple six figures, which again is life changing, wow. right? Like mm -hmm. going from working a serving job to getting paid 150 grand to shoot weddings or to, to shoot brands or to run social media accounts for people. Like that changes your life, right? Well, I always say when your business changes, your life changes. And so that's what Creative Rise is all about. That's what I'm all about. Um, I think they really put a bow on it. I think about my, my past, right? And I had all these disadvantages I felt due to my circumstances, my learning disabilities, all this stuff. And I, it just took a few key people in my life to speak into my life and, and really journey with me that exposed me to what was possible. And because of what was possible, I've, I've gotten to build a life I feel incredibly grateful for way better than I, I would say I'm doing way better than I, than I deserve, you know, quote some Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. there. And so I think now I'm, I'm, that's just who I am. Everything I do, whether it's doing brand therapy, doing brand strategy stuff for a big organization. I'm just trying to expose them to a brighter future and journey with them to help them get there. Or whether it's a creative, it's reaching back and going, hey, I was where you were. Let me expose you to what's possible. And then here, let me give you frameworks and community and accountability and support you as you continue to do that. So it's fun to see how my the pain of my past has kind of fueled my future. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's how I got in, into all of it. That's a long answer, but that's how I got into it's all okay. that. It's uh, okay. I think it's very interesting, but I, I want to talk about something you, you said earlier. And I think it's a lot, it actually is a fear for many creators is you said you want to help people like right away, you, you saw a need, you diagnosed it, you were able to uh, succeed in an area yourself. And then you're like, naturally to you, you thought I want to help others. I think 
maybe speak to the fear that other creators have where they don't want to be collaborative or help others because they're afraid that it's going to limit their opportunity. Do you have you seen that for yourself? Speak to that fear because I think that that is a fear within the general creative sphere is where people got to hold it to themselves. But have you seen your life grow or go forward by empowering others versus holding it to to yourself? Yeah, 1000%, right? We all live in this creative environment that is very competitive. It's very cutthroat sometimes. Um the reason why I started Creative Rise was because I was tired of people holding the secrets on how they were growing things. I was like, why can't we just share these things? There's way more than enough money to go around, especially guys. If you're a creative, when COVID hit, like COVID was the biggest blessing ever for creatives. It might've felt like it was a downfall, but it literally propelled the entire world into the digital age. It 5X the speed that we were going into the digital age. And who is the biggest need in the digital age? Creatives, right? So we are so lucky that there is an abundance. There is never going to be, you know, a a well of of opportunity that dries up for creatives. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year, as you know. And so absolutely, um, it is so easy. It's so easy. I've had times like this in my life. I know, Scott, you probably have as well. If you're listening to the show, I'm, probably, I'm sure you have as well, where you think, oh, I'm starting to figure some things out. I'm just going to hold them in. Or I have not figured things out, but I'm not going to ask because if I ask and I get help, then it's not going to feel like I was the one who achieved something. Or it's not going to feel like it's my art or it's cross-pollinated with somebody else's vision. I don't want that. And it just doesn't help. You know, it does not help in any way. And I think the reason why... Uh, I think the reason why it's so easy to stick in that is because there's also such a such a custom in the creative environments that like, oh, the creative struggle is kind of cool. Like it's kind of cool mm. if you're a broke artist, right? And it's like, no, it's not cool at all. It's not cool to have to do another job and then get an hour a day to do something that you really love. That's not cool at all. You've got one life. Like you better figure out how to get to do what you love for a living and really get to maximize that. And that's your gifting, right? So like yeah. God's wired you with certain gifts to be able to go out and do things. It's it's foolish to kind of hold things in and not connect with other people and not share and not totally. grow in community because you're just keeping yourself small and you're 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 made to be bigger than that, right? So absolutely, yeah. Scott. It's a huge problem. Massive problem. That's yeah, why I'm so grateful it, for Socality, right? Like totally. that's why you guys started Socality. It is to exactly totally. try and eliminate that in people's lives. And you guys have done an incredible job. You're the world leader in that from a creative community standpoint. Well, that, that's very kind. I, I know that one of our goals and uh, things that we've always tried to do is encourage people to, to help each other, collaborate and work together because we've seen the power of togetherness. And I think that in the creative world, it's um, there's this fear and it's almost like the fear of not having enough. Yep. But like you said, there's a lot to go around. And so yeah. I think when people give, they give, they get more. And so I want to encourage people as you're listening, one of your secrets to growth could be actually collaborating with others, actually joining forces and joining your voice. So we're going to dive into some other problems here, Joey, um, for creators that are listening to this. Um, for people that are looking to grow their business, how do they get out? Uh, so I'm a creator or I start a business or whatever. How do you get out of that spin cycle of like, you know, where people are spinning their wheels, where they actually think, okay, I've been doing the same thing. I'm not growing. I'm not moving forward. And growth looks like lots of things. Um, it looks like increase of, of awareness of your brand. It looks like growth in followers. It looks like more income. So we know that growth comes in lots of different measures. But how do you get out of the whole spinning your wheels? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that kind of world where creators are in, we're like, I just can't move forward. Yeah, 100%. So Scott, I think the biggest issue is that most of the time, myself included, I did this for years is we push a rock uphill in the wrong direction. It's admirable to work really hard, 
But building a really, really great business doesn't always like hard work isn't always a an ingredient of a great business, right? Pushing in the right direction is an ingredient of a great business. Now, hard work will always push that further. However, I know a lot of creatives that work really, really hard. And again, you can find yourself in this, Scott. I can find myself in this in my past. We've all done this. We're working really hard, but we're just working in the wrong direction. We're doing the wrong things and we're pushing a rock up a hill and it's the wrong hill, right? And then we turn around one day and we wonder why we're not where we want to be. So this is why doing it alone is so, so damaging. Because if you're, if you're doing everything alone, you'll never know that you're pushing the wrong rock up the wrong hill. But if you do it in community with people, people can go, hey, man, you're not you're not pushing that thing in the right direction. Let me course correct you a little bit. I failed. Like, this is a great example. I could tell everybody right now on the podcast how I lost $5,000 working with the world's global giant in uh, like taxing people around. We can all probably think about who that who that car company is. I lost a massive amount of money off them when I was a younger kid, younger in my business, simply because I did the wrong thing when it came to contracts and I messed the whole thing up. And I also got screwed in the deal. But if I had a better contract, I would have, I would have been able to figure some stuff out. I could tell everybody on this podcast that one story right now because everyone on this podcast is choosing to be together right now by listening to this. And I could hopefully save a ton of people from, from a damaging event in the future, right? Again, if you're doing everything alone, you don't listen to this podcast. You don't want to be in community with people, whether it's the creative side or the business side. You're never going to get those alarms from other people. Hey, don't do that. I made that mistake. Let me teach you how you can avoid that, right? So the the biggest issue why people spin their wheels is quite often because they're doing it alone. They're not letting other people speak into their lives. They're not looking. They're not treating their creative business like a business where you know people go to school for four years to learn how to be an accountant, yet you open up your own creative business, you start an Instagram account one day and you just think that you should never have to invest in yourself in order to learn the things you got to learn. That's just ridiculous to think that that's how it goes. Now, I will say you can learn everything you need to learn by yourself 100%. It's just going to take you way longer. I did that. It took me years before I started investing in in business coaches and and people that were going to teach me about tax strategy and sales and all that stuff. And I just, I messed up a lot, right? And that's fine. But the second I started getting myself around people, surrounding myself with people that I would trade places with, right? The stuff you learn is incredible. So the biggest thing that I think keeps people back is that that they're, they're doing it alone. But if you're not doing it alone, the second part of that is that you're probably just not looking at business in the simplified, simplified way it is. Business is one of the most simple things in the world, yet people overcomplicate it all day. Business is always and always has been and always will continue to be a simple formula. It's money moving from people with a problem to people with a solution. So if you needed mm. transportation back in the 1800s, what did you do? You went and somehow got something of value that you had, whether it was something you farm, whether it was your manual labor, whether it was gold you had, and you went and you traded it to someone that had a horse. And the person that had the horse got the money because they had the solution to the transportation problem that you had. Business has always been that way. It always will be. Today, it's the same thing. If I need gas for my car, I go pay the gas station, right? Because they have the solution to the problem that I have. It's the same thing in business creatively, right? We get paid as problem solvers. We've got to identify ourselves, not as creatives, but as creative problem solvers. We get paid to solve problems for a living. And so the better you can get at identifying problems that you see around the world and going, okay, how can I develop solutions for that? And then how do I create an offer? And an offer is, you know, a solution is a service. It's what you do. It's photography, filmmaking, graphic design, social media management. But an offer is specifically packaging your skills and matching it 
with you know how it's going to solve problems. So it's like, hey, the problem is that you guys do not have enough photos that actually show how the product is working into everyday life on your socials. You've just got a lot of studio stuff. So I'm going to pitch that I'm going to go on a trip to a desirable destination that your audience, that your customer base is going to take the products anyways. And I'm going to create a ton of content that's going to be able to fill your social calendar for the next 90 days. But specifically, it's going to be showing how the product fits into people's everyday life. Therefore, they're going to imagine themselves using the product more and they're going to go out and buy it. You know, and I'm going to give you 47 mm-hmm. photos, 50 photos that are going to encapsulate that, 15 reels, whatever it's going to be. That's an offer. That's a specific thing. And I don't think a lot of creatives know how to create offers. They wait for businesses to come to them and offer them something. And then they decide if they want to take the gig. And I think if creatives want to stop spinning their wheels, you got to get really good at identifying problems. Then you have to get really good at going, okay, here's the problem. Now let's build an offer for it. And then you just got to go learn how to talk about that offer. And if you can do those three things, building a great business actually becomes a lot easier. Yeah, you're hitting home on such a, an, a valuable point. I think anybody listening, if you can just take a moment and pause and like really just digest this moment, because I think what you're saying here is is solving problems. What is the problem that you're solving? I think a lot of people think, I'm just going to go on social. I'm going to build a whole bunch of followers. And then they just think that work's going to come in, but they're not really putting themselves in a, a problem-solving situation where they're identifying um, the, the answer they're going to be um, for others. And I think that anybody that's, because I've seen people with a lot of, uh, with smaller followers get a lot of work because I 100%. think that they're doing exactly what you're saying yeah. is uh, it's changing people's mindset where you start, stop going like, I'm just speaking to a large audience, but a large audience, of, but you're not really doing anything for that audience, but really pulling back and going, what's the problem here? How can I be a solution? And then I like what you said about creating offers. And I think if people were to walk away with one thing, this one thing alone would help them re reevaluate their whole strategy when it comes to their small business because you think it's the same thing in a small business you know um whether you're a coffee shop well what's the problem you're solving or you know a food service uh a creative service whatever it is uh you're doing and I, I love that you're saying this because two things i've already and this is why i said earlier about you is you always come from that field and i like that you know pushing the rock up the wrong hill i love that because i think a lot of people are constantly saying i'm working so hard why am i not see if i just keep going and all they do is burn out in that so i think 100%. you know work smarter not harder um and actually put your energies in the right place and i love this thing about problem solving i think that you know, asked earlier about stopping to spin your wheels and i think right there alone if people just to sit down and reevaluate mm-hmm. um that 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 would help them because i think people just get caught up in doing what other people are doing 100%. and then they find themselves you know what i mean so i i love yeah. this problem solving so you talk about creating an offer how do you do that in a way that how do you do that for a brand that maybe has a smaller budget or 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 something like that how do you turn that into dollars for someone who's thinking yeah but I've, you know where do you start with that yeah, so that's a great question. I'll tell you a story about it, actually, Scott. Um, I remember leaving high school when I was, I think I was um, 16 or 17. I left school during a math class, and my math teacher told me I shouldn't leave, but I said, no, I'm going to a business meeting. I have to leave. And uh, I was going to the other side of town. I love the fact you just always looking to get out of school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just, I remember, I was like, I got a business meeting. I got money on the table. I'm not staying in math class. Like, I don't care about this stuff. And I'll figure it out. There'll be AI technology in the future that'll help me do math, that's right? It. And everyone's that's like, it. no, well, look what just happened, everybody. 2023, we started AI. AI strong. So uh, anyways, I, I left school to go to this business meeting. And um, I walked in and they had brought me in because they'd seen a video that I'd done for Leatherman Canada. 
And they loved the video and they said, hey, I think if you did a video for our company, um, they're a logistics company, a trucking company. Uh, so there's lots of money in those markets, right? Moving freight all across North America. Those are huge companies, right? But they're not companies that a typical creator would think about doing work with, right? Now, I was like, hey, there's an opportunity to solve a problem. I'm open to it. I wasn't one of those creatives who went, I'm only going to work with this brand and this brand and this brand. You don't get to pick. You have to earn your mm -hmm. right to go niche. Like if you want to totally. build a business, you have to earn your yes. right. You have to earn your right to be able to choose, right? And so at this time I was making good money. I was making probably what the typical average Canadian income was as a 16 year old, but I was still open to everything. So I go to this meeting and they brought me in to talk about a video. The video that I'd pitched just briefly was it going to be about $3,500, $4,000. And it was going to help them hopefully attract more drivers because the more drivers a trucking company could get, obviously the more people that they could put in trucks. And that means the more freight they can move, the more money the company can make. Now, as I went in there, here's the key. I didn't go in there going, oh, I'm just going to sell this video. I'm going to make sure they buy this video. It's going to be so great. I'm going to tell them about all the cameras I have. I'm going to tell them about the 4K, this, I shoot it in that. And, uh, you know, I edit in the teal and orange presets. Like none of that stuff matters. I went into <laughs> the meeting. It's going to pop off. I went into the meeting going, I need to make sure that I ask the right questions that pull out the right information so that I'm solving the right problem. Because the, the reality is here, I could be coming in to talk about the wrong problem and I could sell a $3,500 video, but is it really going to help them? And or am I leaving any money on the table? And a very, very smart man once taught me, this is my father, he's brilliant. He taught me um, when I was young, he said, hey, Joe, he said, you'll always get paid for solving the known problem, but the deeper problem is where the money really is. The problem that the business might not even understand they have, if you can highlight that for them, you can clarify that for them, they'll give you permission to solve it. And it's often a bigger paycheck. So I walked into this meeting and I went, hey, so tell me about the video. Tell me about what it's going to help you guys do. Where are you going to use it? Right? I'm asking these questions. Like, how is what I'm going to do help you? Like, I want to know. And eventually it came to the point where they were just saying their whole goal is just to get more drivers. They didn't care how it happened. And so I said to them, I asked them, well, where do your drivers hang out? And they said, well, our drivers often hang out, you know, on Facebook and stuff when they're not driving. They sit in truck stops, sending memes and stuff to each other. And I went, great. Why don't I help you guys build a social media presence? We run Facebook ads targeting drivers that are going to drive them to your application and talk about what your company has to offer because you guys are a great company. And we'll also make some videos to drive those ads. I think that's going to actually help you guys get way more drivers than just having like a single headlining film sitting on your website. And they mm -hmm. were like, that's brilliant. We never thought about that. And I went from like a $3,000, $3,500 deal to that was a $20,000 deal over like four to six months to manage all their social media, build them a social presence, run all the ads, do all that stuff. So I walked back to school as a 16, 17 year old or whatever I was with you know a $20,000 deal in my hands going, I just made, and this sounds really bad, but this is the reality. I just made a quarter or half of what most of the people working at the school just made in one meeting because I went in and went, okay, I, I got to get really clear about what's the true problem. And once I understand the true problem, creating a really good offer isn't hard. And so I think my encouragement to anybody who's a creative is you've got to focus on getting clearer on the problem. Creating an offer for a problem you don't understand is very hard. Very, very hard. The same way sitting in the chair of being a doctor and having 100 patients walk through, but yet you've never been to med school 
is going to be very hard to prescribe them medication or prescribe them rehabilitation for anything because you're not aware of the problems. You don't understand the problems. That's why you go to school to educate yourself on the problems. Therefore, you can be a good doctor. You are a doctor as a creative business owner. Your job is to invite people into your environment. You diagnose their problem. And because you can diagnose their problem well, you understand their problems. You can then prescribe them the right medication. And the right medication is often your service, right? But you've got to figure out how to how to package your service in a way where it's truly solving their problem. So that's like creating offers 101. It's just getting deeper and clearer about how you can understand the problem because the deeper you understand the problem, the better you can create a solution. Now, I could go into a little bit more if you want to talk about it, uh, if you want to move on sure. to worries, but offer stuff is really fun. There's a couple different ways. There's no, four I think ways. we want to hear about the offers okay, for sure cool. because so, I, uh, there were um, some questions that came in about that. Okay, cool. So Alex Ramosi, we all have probably seen Alex Ramosi, massive legs, cut off jean shorts, you know, flannel with a, with a, with a tank top on white tank top on. Right. Uh, dude is incredible. He's, he's brilliant. He's built amazing businesses. I love learning from Alex. I've been learning from Alex for a few years now. I've read everything he's ever put out. Uh, and he's got a book that's all on offers. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and it's about how to create an irresistible offer. Now his is so focused on like the business business space. Creatives always need stuff translated for them. So you know, I, I pride myself in being that person. I want to be the person that can take overall business stuff creators really need and translate it for them. So he's got this four offer quadrant system where he talks about if you can build an offer and you can talk about how to do all these four things, you're going to be able to create a really, really great business. So here's what you need to do in order to make an offer irresistible for a company. If you walk into a company, you need to do four things. Two of them are increasing, two of them are decreasing. Here's what I mean. You draw a little like, graph, you know, with a one line down the middle, one line through the middle, and you've got four quadrants now, right? The first quadrant has to be, you have to understand how to create a great dream outcome for them. Okay. So a dream outcome is simply defined as what do they want really, really badly? And how can you make sure you can give them a solution that's going to give them a great dream outcome? Okay. I'll run through all four and then we'll create one. We'll make up. I like a this. Fake this one. is good. Yeah. We'll make this a fake one. Um, and we'll see how it goes. So that is, that is how that the first one goes. The second one is you have to increase the likelihood of success. So the top two things on the quadrant, you have to increase. So the first one's dream outcome. The second one is likelihood of success. How can you as a creative offer something that has a high likelihood of success? So an example, a low likelihood of success is going to be if you're pitching some crazy thing where you're like, I'm going to be focusing on this, this, and this, and here's the camera gear we're going to bring. And they don't understand that stuff. It doesn't matter. If you're talking to a business and you say, hey, here's how creating 30 pieces of content every single month is going to increase the success of your business. Well, the reality is the more people that see you, the more are going to buy, correct? They're going to say, yeah. It's like, great. Well, you're not using social media to maximize how many people see you. So as we create 30 pieces of social media content uh, a, you know, a month, you're going to get a lot more eyes on you. Therefore, your likelihood of selling more is going to be a lot greater. Does that make sense? They're going to say yes, right? So that's the likelihood of success. The first two, dream outcome. You got to be able to define the dream outcome really well. Then you got to be able to increase the likelihood of success that they perceive they're going to get with working with you. Now, there's two more. There's one that is called, I just got to plug in my computer here. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one that is called uh, on the left, the bottom left quadrant is called, you have to decrease the time delay. Okay, so a time delay is, what is the perceived amount of time it's going to it's going to take for somebody to get to their dream outcome so if you can convince a company that working with you is somehow going to shortcut them how quickly mm. they are going to get their dream outcome the odds of them hiring you is a lot better, right? If your service or product is going to shortcut, that's a lot better. So here's another great example. Actually, I'll give this example at the end because I said I was going to do it. 
the last quadrant of, of an offer. So you got dream outcome, you got likelihood of success. Those things have to be increased. Then you've got time delay on the bottom, which has to be decreased. How can you decrease the time delay? And the last one is effort and sacrifice. How can you show somebody that working with you is going to take less effort and less sacrifice from them, yet they're still going to be able to achieve their dream outcome? So here's an example of this. Ready? Let's build. This is my favorite business to have people build right now. Everyone that's coming to the Creative Rise Mastermind, we say, we say you got to build something like this. If you have any interest in it, build it. It is building a short form video social media agency. So it's working with creatives all around the world, working with entrepreneurs, helping them develop social media systems that fill their content calendar every single week. And we all know, as sad as it is for us photographers to not be valued as much online, it's just the reality that short form video is just king right now, right? So let's use short form video as an example. How do you build a good offer for short form video that is going to increase the top two and decrease the bottom two? Well, you have to figure out how to create that communication. So let's say you're going to offer short form video where you meet up for a day or two days every single month with each client and you'll shoot all of their video. Let's say they're a fitness influencer and they're trying to sell fitness programs. Okay. You're the creative. You meet up with them for one day. You shoot all of the content they need for an entire month of their social media. So here's the reality. Here's the dream outcome. Scott, let's say you're the fitness influencer. Hey, Scott, I really <laughs> want to help you create 30 pieces of short-form content a month. And the reason why right. is because if you had 30 pieces of short-form content in a month, you're just going to have a lot more opportunity to sell because you're being seen more often and therefore your products are right. going to sell more. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. So our dream outcome, Scott, that I would love to get you to is that you've got a, you've got a bulk of content every single month, no matter what you do, no matter how you spend the other 28 days of your month, you don't have to worry about it because you've got 30 videos that you can be able to post every single month. Make sure you're getting seen. Make sure your products are selling. That's our dream outcome. Now, Scott, let me tell you how I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because I've done it with a couple other clients. And here's what we've done with other clients to really maximize it. We have gone in. We've taken a day or two out of their schedule. I helped script some of the content for you. You bring the workouts that you think are going to sell best based on what's in your program. And I'm going to create an environment. We'll bring lights. We'll bring the whole studio. You don't have to worry about that at all. And we will make this a success because you just have to show up. You have to pump some iron. Talk about why you're pumping iron certain ways, how it's going to help your clients. We'll film everything. You'll walk away and we'll literally edit it all. It'll be over to you. So the likelihood of success, right. Scott, is super high because you don't have to do that much. Now, I want right. to tell you about the time delay, Scott. The time delay, why you want to work with us is because if you work by yourself on this, you're probably going to be thinking about content in the back of your head every single day of the month. And it's always going to be stressing you out. Is that currently what's happening? Odds are you would say, yes, I'm constantly stressing mm -hmm. out about what I post on my socials. So let me totally. tell you about how it's going to work. Like I said, we're going to come in, we're going to shoot it, and we'll have all of the 30 pieces of content back to you within four business days. So you are ready to go fire on all cylinders. The time you will have to spend on this, Scott, is so minimal. I'm so excited for it. You're going to get a ton of your time back. Now, let me talk about how much effort and sacrifice is going to be. I won't lie. It's going to be a lot of effort for you to come up with the ideas to make sure that it's going to sell well. Because if we make bad content, it's not helpful for you. So you're going to have to really focus on putting your effort, all of your effort you'd put into filming and editing, all that other stuff, put that effort straight into making sure the content's great. And there's not a ton of sacrifice because again, you're only having to give up one or two days a, uh, an entire month. So when we put all four of those things together, Scott, does that sound like something that would really help you grow your business, your fitness business this year? Yes. Odds are you're going to say yes. Sign? So that was a little example. That was a little example. But everyone's going to say how much does it cost? Yeah, right? exactly. So that was a little example. And I just ripped that off the top of my head. We could make those a lot, a lot better. And we could do that for any, any, any single sol solution and service across the creative industry, whether it's weddings, whether it's commercial photo, whether it's commercial right. video, whether it's social media management. But the, but the what I'm saying is you've got to learn how to create offers 
by getting close to the problem and then developing solutions for them and learning that framework. How do you increase? We teach this in the Creative Rise Mastermind because it, it helps people so much. How do you increase the dream outcome, increase the likelihood of success, decrease the time delay that it's going to take, and also decrease the effort and sacrifice they have? We just did this with somebody in the Mastermind. He created his own offer, pitched 100 of them. He's a legend. He pitched his offer 100 times. He got zero response. Because wow. he's pitching the wrong offer. He's pushing the wrong right. rock up the wrong hill. We came right. into the mastermind. We helped him formulate a new offer based off that framework and doing a bunch of other stuff. And he literally went and pitched with that offer and he got a $50,000 retainer, replaced his entire income at his salary right. just from understanding how that offer works. Like it's so, so cool how far that will go if you just learn how to do that stuff. So yeah. I'm crazy about that stuff. I no, love No, this it. is I awesome because... I think anyone listening right now or watching is totally taking this in because it's like solving problems, getting to the root of the problem. So I think creators think, oh, I'm just going to go create content. But anytime I get hired by a, a, a partner, an experience or a brand or a tourism board or whatever, they're hiring me because they're trying to solve a problem. They want to bring attention 100%. to to something, you know, whether it be stay here, experience this, eat here. They're hiring me to showcase their product so they can get more people in the door. So I've got to think about, am I creating the content that is selling this to my audience or sharing the things that I'm passionate about? Because I only say yes to things that I'm pumped about, right? Because I know what my audience wants to see from me. Um, but at the same time, I think this is so important because people think that if they just throw something on the wall, it's going to stick. But I think it comes down to intentionality, you know, being intentional about what you're creating, how you're creating it. But I love what you've said here about this whole diagraph or whatever. Yeah, I wish I could draw it for you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm where's it. the I'm, whiteboard? I'm, Let's get this thing out. I'm yeah. trying. I know we need a, a visual whiteboard. Um, but I like this whole thing because I think a lot of brands um, problem is, I think, you know, th that shortcut. Because how do we get 100%. this out quickly? I yeah. think, you know, they know what they want to do. They know what they want to achieve, but it's just like, how are we going to do it and how are we going to get there quickly? And I think that thing is if creators can dial into their skill or their ability or your small business or whatever it is you're doing, your online, your merch or whatever it is you're creating or doing, how is this solving a problem and doing it for people in a quicker way? I'm always looking for resources yeah. that help me get to somewhere quicker. Yeah, 100%. You know, uh, and that's I like not... the, mic, the mic you're using. I, yeah. I bought those because I'm like, this will help me do my voiceovers for yep. my social media better and quicker. And, you know, so when you solve a problem for people versus just create a product, um, I think there's so much more powerful thing in that. Now, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening is going, yeah, yeah, Joey, this is great. I'm writing this down. I'm making my charts and my diagrams. How do I get my foot in the door with the right people? How do I, because that's a lot of, that's a question I hear all the time. How do I get brands to notice me? Or how do I get those opportunities? Or how do I get in the room or around the table? So what is it that, what are the strategies that creators need to get noticed by brands or get in those conversations? Like yeah. talk to us about, about that. hundred percent. So here's how I always break this down. When you are with a group of friends, Scott, and you guys are trying to decide where you go for food, what do you do? I ask them where they want to eat. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. You <laughs> ask people where they want to eat. And now why would you ask people where they want to eat? Well, because you guys are going, why don't we trust a place that we already trust because we know it's going to be good food. Therefore, right. why don't we pick something like that? So guys, it's the same thing with how brands work. When a brand is wanting to work with a creative, they sit around in a boardroom, they sit around in an office room. Now in 2023, they sit around on Zoom and they go, who do we know? Who do mm. we know that we could do this with? Right? Because right. again, people want to work with people they know, like, and trust. 
brands don't just want to go on Instagram and spend six hours looking for you. They don't. Right. They want to work with the people that are already in their network that have somehow already come up and they, they can they can know and they can feel that they trust them. So my my advice for creatives all the time is you've got to earn the relationships you have. And Scott, you're amazing at this, right? You're a networking social king. You've got to earn the relationships that you have, you know, and if you want to work with brands. So I'll give you a good example of this. One of the things that we teach inside the Creative Rise Mastermind, it's a little like... Um, a little term that, that we use. And uh, I think it works really well. It's a tool. We call it the 10 cent tool. It's a 10 cent system. So you create a whole list of people that you want to connect with. So write out all the brands. I have done this. This is, I could tell you about multiple gigs. This is how I got to work with Yeti. I literally did this and I'll tell you the story of what happened. I wrote down all these companies that I wanted to work with. And then I went, okay, you know, the saying, oh, you know, well, that's my two cents. Like go, here's my two cents mm -hmm. on this, right? Giving your two cents is giving a comment, giving some kind of value to somebody in any given moment, right? In a relationship. And I went, okay, I'm going to call this the 10 cent rule. It is giving your two cents five times a week to the brands that you want to work with. And what's going to happen is if you are on, if you turn on post notifications for the brand you want to work with, every time they post, you're one of the first commenters and you're commenting value. Like, hey, really love the way you guys displayed the product here. It's so right. cool. Or hey, love this product. Saw it in a store the other day. I love the leather strap that you guys built. It looks way more reinforced than a lot of the straps I see in other bags. The more you can right. give value, you can comment on their stories. You can send them resources on whatever, you know, like give them as much value as humanly possible. Maybe you even go get their products and you shoot them for free and you just send them some photos on DM and say, Hey, just picked up a product at Mac or at REI, loved it. Took a camping with me this weekend. And I just wanted to share a couple photos that your product ended to be in you fully intentionally shot the product to be able to send these to them. But you could say, hey, just wanted to share a couple photos that your product ended up in. Uh, again, keep making great products. Like you're not asking right. for anything in return. You're just giving your two cents five times a week. If you continue to do that over a long enough period of time, eventually they'll be sitting in a boardroom one day or on Zoom and they will say, who should we work with on this project? And your right. name will come up. I did that with Yeti for about two months. And one day I woke up and I had an email from the marketing director at Yeti. And it blew my mind. I was like, this system works. This is how it works. Wow. And it's literally yeah. because I made myself in proximity to them. They became aware of me. And people only want to work with people they trust. And you have to be, right. they have to be aware of you if they're ever going to trust you. Now, how you then can pitch, that's a whole other story, right? And I'm a huge fan of being proactive and going to brands, not just like commenting on their, their socials once a week and then waiting three years for them to reach out to you. <laughs> It's not always going to work perfectly, you know. This is a game of scale. The more you can scale that touch point with people, getting in their in their circles, commenting on their mm -hmm. stuff. Scott, again, you do this so well, right? I'm sure so many of your relationships are through different ways that you've interacted with people socially, right? You've built sure. relationships with them. So, yeah. The same way that you would pick food, you know, with a bunch of friends, go, where should we go out? Brands do the same thing. Brands are people. They're not big monsters, weird things. They're not crazy organizations that we could never wrap around our head around how they work. They're just people. And so you want to put yourself in proximity to them. Um, yeah. And then pitching is a whole other story. But that's how I just get myself in proximity with brands. I think that's important. And I think it's all about aligning with the people that you want to work with, you know, um, and, and really putting And I like the idea of like taking photos for brand and sending them in. I know if someone did that for me, I'd be like, wow, they actually are interested yep. in us. You know, because I think that's the other thing is you want to work with people that are genuinely you know, interested in working with you. And so these are, these are great, great, great solutions. So we've talked about diagnosing problems, focusing your energies in the right way, how to get yourself out there. What are some of the other do's and don'ts? If you would just give us like a lightning round for everybody listening, what are they doing right? What are people doing wrong? Give us your little quick tip list 
as we go into the year of like what what are what are some things that people can just stop doing you know i always run something with our with locality stop start continue mm. what do we need to stop what do we need to start what do we need to continue and so w- what would you speak to creators listening out there and just give some general feedback Oh man, pricing, pitching, sales, managing your finances. <laughs> so Which one do we want points. to touch on? Um, pricing is huge. Okay, it's, let's talk pricing. So uh, let's talk pricing. Hey, this is this is exciting. At the time we are recording this, I have not announced this publicly anywhere. So Scott, you're the first one that we're ever going to say this on. This is Tell public. Um, we just built the greatest pricing calculator the internet's ever seen for creatives, and I have wow, not yet this is actually it. a huge thing. Okay, this is a talk huge to us thing. More. So. Um, I've spent so many years trying to learn how to price things. I've sucked at it. I've way underpriced myself. I've way, way overpriced myself sometimes and lost gigs. Coming up with a formula to figure out how to price things is not easy. And it's one of the greatest things that creatives struggle with. So my entire job at Creative Rise is to go, again, how do I create a world where more creatives succeed while doing what they love? I figured out how to price myself. Why don't I turn that into a formula and we'll try and create a calculator? Then I went, no, I shouldn't have to do that. I'm sure there's calculators already on the internet. So I started Googling it. There's a ton of pricing calculators all over the internet, but they're all like Excel documents that are more daunting than doing your freaking tax forms. Like they are so much information. It asks you about like, do you subscribe to Disney Plus, Hulu? Like, it's just crazy. It's like so complex, way overcomplicated. They're trying to figure out all your expenses and it's too much. So I went, okay, Again, Creative Rise exists to help people succeed while doing what they love, which is building a great creative business. And we need to help creatives break the creative struggle. That's why we exist. So let's build one. Uh, So I hired a development team a couple weeks ago. We've been working on it. I actually have a call with them after this podcast to finalize stuff. By the time this podcast is out, uh, you'll be able to find the pricing calculator. I'm just going to say where you'll be able to find it right now. Uh, and I'm, again, this is all assuming that this is where it's going to be, but I'll make sure there's a link for this. CreativeRise.com forward slash pricing calculator. You'll be able to find it. We'll say that. Um, but what it is, is it's basically a formula that will help you plug in a few different things and it's going to walk you through how to actually price things. It includes you know, what your annual income goal is, how many hours you know, a job's going to take, all the way down to like how to figure out usage rights. It, fi- it, it, it calculates all of that stuff. It calculates Huge. the volume of the company. Do they sell high mm-hmm. volume, low volume? What's the cost of their products? Like we're going to go through everything. Um, the calculator is done. I'm just figuring out everything else with the development to make sure that it's going to be in the right place. But let's talk pricing. Um, the biggest thing that you have to understand when it comes to pricing is you will always get paid. You don't get paid your worth. I always hear people say, well, you need to price what you're worth. You're not worth anything. You're a human. You're invaluable You know, to just put a price tag on. You're a human. Like You'll never be able to figure out a price for that. What you are worth, though, is the weight of your solutions have a price tag on them. So here's an example. If I shoot some photos for, you know, I'll pick a client that I've worked with in the past. If I shoot photos for Palm Coolers, which was one of the first retainer gigs I ever got. Uh, It's a cooler company that got squashed by Yeti. It's non-existent anymore. I had a retainer gig with them. And I think I was shooting 10 photos a month for like $650. And I did that for two and a half years. Now, the price went up a little bit over time, but that was what I started out as. Versus when I shot for Yeti, I was shooting, the price per photo was way more than even the retainer each month for all of those photos. Now, why is that? Why wouldn't I price them at the same thing? Because I'm shooting the same amount of photos. Well, the reality is because Yeti has so much more leverage, they're going to make so much more money off of the creative I'm creating than this Palm Cooler company was that was a lot smaller, right? So the reality is understanding that you're not paid by your worth because if you got paid for what you were worth, you'd get paid the same for both those gigs because you're doing the exact same work, right? You need to get paid per the weight of your solution. So the key with pricing is going, okay, what is this company trying to achieve? 
What is the obstacle standing in their way? Go through the offer quadrant. How badly do they want the dream outcome? How badly do they want likelihood of success to be increased? How badly do they want this to be done in a short amount of time? Price has got to go up if it's going to be a really, really quick turnaround, right? As you know, Scott. And how badly do they want me to handle all this so they don't have to be putting in a ton of effort and sacrifice? All those things are going to dictate how your price changes, right? And so you've got to understand the deeper the problem, the more, the more, here's the key, the more the problem is costing the business money, the more money you can charge, right? So where do you even start with pricing on this, right? Well, you start with something and you keep working your way up. I used to tell people all the time, they would be like, oh, I can raise my prices once every year. Once every year, you do like a 15% price increase. I used to tell them, oh my gosh, I sold a headlining video once to a company for like four grand and I couldn't believe it because I was selling them for like 3,600 like the month before. I got reached out to the next week by a similar size company and they asked me to do the same thing. And I, I put a price tag on, I was like, oh, 8,500 bucks. And they were like, yeah, sweet, done, easy deal. And I was like, whoa, how is that possible? I was just increasing the price based on the value I know we were giving and the amount of money and time, and effort, all that, that we were gonna be saving that company. So you've gotta start thinking like that. You're not getting paid for your worth, you're getting paid for the weight of your solution. How much money, how much time, how much pain is potentially coming to this company? How much are they losing out on if they do not fix this problem? And the greater mm -hmm. that gap, the greater gap between where they want to be and where they're going to stay if they don't fix the problem, the more money you can charge. Now, again, how do you actually formulate a number? That's where the pricing calculator comes in. So by the time you're hearing this podcast, go to creativerise.com forward slash pricing calculator and you'll be able to punch all that stuff in and it'll spit you out not only a number, but it also spits you out a range underneath that and shows you what a low end looks like and what a high end looks like. So you can kind of figure out where you want to land. Um, but yeah, this is a huge conversation. Big conversation. It's huge. I think it's definitely, and I'm excited to check out the calculator. I think this is where people have gotten hung up for a long time because they're charging too little, they're charging too much, they're working themselves out of work. Um, and I think it's it's uh, a problem in the, in the creative world right now, even where people are like, Try, I had someone DM me one time, what are you charging for your social? Because um, I think they were trying to get everybody up to more of a commonality pricing because it's all over the map and a lot of creators do things for free. You know, you've got a young 21-year-old who just wants cool opportunities just doing it all for free. And here I have got a family, so I need to charge, right? Uh, and so sometimes they think, oh, we'll go with, you know, Timmy over here because he's willing to give us 10 posts for free because he just wants to go on a trip of course it's whereas i i'm like you know for me to walk away from my family for five days to go on a trip is like hugely you know it's of a big course. sacrifice because that falls on my wife she's taking care of the kids and so i gotta it's gotta be valuable for yep. our family so there's that whole creator economy too where i think there's some struggle and for brands are like oh let's just take the cheap guy you know mm. so how do you compare in that how do you how do you bring yourself up to value where people go we want to work with Scott or Joey because we like his work, but at the same time, you know, we see the value of paying somebody. Like, how do you get, because that is a problem in the, in the economy 100%, of, of creative yeah. world right now. This is what I always say. If you're offering the same thing that the free guy's offering, you're not going to get the deal. you got to have a better offer, right? We just talked mm. about offers earlier on the podcast. So if the free guy is going to take 30 days to return all the content, get it done and get it finished and return to them in two days. If the free right. guy doesn't understand mm. truly the dream outcome they want, Paint a better dream, better dream outcome. Again, the better you can clarify somebody's problem, they're mm. going to give you permission to solve it. The person who understands the problem the best gets permission to solve it. So if a free guy is not doing a discovery call to really walk through and go, hey, talk to me, brand, but what is, like, why are you on the phone with me today? What are you guys lacking? 
What is that costing you guys in revenue? What's it costing your team and bandwidth and time? How is what I'm going to be doing for you really going to help? The more you can ask those questions, the more they're going to trust you because they're they're, vul- they're vulnerably sharing what their objectives are, right? Free people are not doing that, right? Likelihood mm-hmm. of success. Free guy will say, oh yeah, send me your products. I'm going to Bali for a month and I shoot on an A7 IV. You know, it's like, great. <laughs> Who cares what you shoot on? Where if you want to get paid for it, say, hey, I'm going to this location for a week. Here's how I'm going to fill your social calendar with this specific type of content. And by the way, it's not just going to be short form video. I actually know the frameworks for six different pieces of short form video. They're all different types of it. And here's how they're all different and how they're all useful to your content structure and your content strategy right now. I'll make sure that the 30 pieces of content have all six of those built into them so that we're not just giving you one type of content that might flop. You're going to have you're going to have not only consistency but you're going to have, you know, relevancy because you're going to have a bunch of different types of things. No free mm. creative is getting on a phone with a brand manager and saying, hey, let right. me quickly educate you on the six different types of content that I'm seeing on TikTok that's working really <laughs> well right now. And I want to show you how I'm going to do that for that's you. That's true. So again, true. if you have the same offer as the free person, yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. That's on you. Don't right. blame the free person. Everyone likes to go, oh, it's because of the free guy. And the free guy is the reason why I don't make money. It's like, no, you don't make money because your offers suck. Your creative right, might be good, but your right. offer sucks. And this is yes. why I'll, I'll say this straight to creatives all day because I your love offer you. Sucks. I love creatives. I, I, I'm I a creative. Like I got to break the creative struggle. I've gotten right. to build a multiple six-figure business doing what I love. And I cannot explain to you how bad I want that for other people. I'll speak right. it to you straight because if you are if if you look like a free creative, you're going to get compared with a free creative, right? You right. got to get over that. So you yes, create better once offers. Again. You create better offers. Yes. You'll you'll not even you'll never be compared to the free guy because here's like here's how I even say it too. All the time this happens. Here's an example. We were just in Hawaii, Christy and I, and my wife and I, and we were shooting uh, we were shooting shooting 2024 summer campaign for Lacroix sparkling water. Um, that's one of our one of our 2024. You're that ahead. Yeah, we you're shoot everything a year in advance. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. My wow. bad. We're already in 2023. We were shooting the 2023 campaign, and we were shooting right. it last November. Um, okay. And uh, we also were like, hey, we don't want to pay to stay in Hawaii. So we'll just pitch a bunch of Airbnbs and we'll get everywhere to stay for free. And of course, we're pitching people and we're even saying, hey, you can pay us to do this, this, and this. And we show up to Airbnb and they go, well, why would I pay to do that? We get pitched all the time. And I said, well, that's fine. You can totally work with someone who's free. But the reality is you're going to have to work with somebody who's free. You'll probably have to book two to four free people to get the quality, quantity, and value in the content that we will give you in a two-night stay where you only have to take out two nights of your calendar where you're not getting paid versus having to book four different creators for two nights. That's eight days total. We will do what people could do for you in eight days. We'll do it for you in two days. And they're like, oh, great. We'll pay you for that then, right? Because again, my offer is better. I'm separating right. myself from the free guys because I'm going, free is great. You can totally do free, but free always costs you something. Every right. time you work with a free person, it's not free. It's costing you something in another way, whether it's costing you quality, whether it's costing you time, it's costing you your dream outcome, it's costing you the time delay, it's costing you your effort and sacrifice. They're going to just take up way more of your time, right? So creatives, you got to think, if you do not want to be compared to free people, stop offering what somebody who do will do it for free is offering. And... If the bar of free content just keeps going up, which it is, free content is just getting easier and easier to create. Creatives are doing more and more for free. Stop pouting about it. Figure out how to do more and get paid for it, right? So that's the game of business, guys. You just got to get out of the space of like, I'm a victim. Everyone's out to get me. I'm a creative. I don't get paid what I want. Just buck up and start creating good offers. And you'll look back one day, you'll turn around. You'll be like, I got a six-figure business. My life has changed. 
Like this is incredible, right? Right. right. Lesson number one, your offer sucks. Your offer sucks. And so your offer sucks. And I, I hear what you're saying because there has been a lot of, you know, I'm in the creator economy, so I hear it. You know, oh, it's all these people doing things for free. I think that is true. We easily point out the problem, but we don't want to be the solution. Once again, coming back to being the problem solver. Yep. And loving this, loving all of these nuggets. This is like, you know... These nuggets are so good. Uh, real quick, uh, <laughs> this is, I love that you're just like, Joey, this is how good Joey is, just sitting back, relaxed, just being like, I'm just going to drop these bombs on you. That's so good. Um, I just care is, too much. I care too but much it's your about- gifting. You're yeah, too gifting. I, I, I truly you know? care too much about mm-hmm. creatives that, that that's why others. like Creative Rise, people are always like, oh, like, why don't you guys sell courses or something? Because we've got a few little courses, but we run like a mastermind. I'm like- Right. I care too much to just sell you something and leave you on your own. That's not why I'm right. in the business. Like, that's not why yeah. we started Creative Rise. We so care. Like, we truly want to be the best place in the world for creatives to make six figures because I right. know how much awesome. building a great business can change your life. So, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that, Scott. I appreciate the encouragement. Yeah, no, I like it. I think this is helping people, and I'm excited for people to listen to this and, and put this into practice because I think there's so many things here we're, we're diving into and, um, you know, it's so, it's so good because I think a lot of it is mental shift. You know, it's, yeah, you, you know, I think people think, oh, I just got to get more followers or whatever. But I really do think that at the end of the day, it does come down to solving problems for people. 100%, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, um, you've got a lot of confidence, you know, you know, you were talking about when you're younger, you're shaking hands and you're meeting people. I've seen that in you when you, you know, you, you look people in the eye, you talk to them and these are very valuable things. Talk to the, talk to the introvert right now, the person that's watching that's like, yeah, well, Joey, he's confident. You know, I don't want to get out there and meet people. How do you, um, overcome that or uh, how important is confidence? I don't know what I'm trying to ask here. How yeah. important is confidence? How do you get confident? How do you sell yourself, you know, yeah. for the, for the person that might be a little shy on that end? Yeah, hundred percent. So the first thing I would say is, uh, if you do not want to learn how to put yourself out there, you just can't be an entrepreneur and that's fine. You'll just have to quit. So that's the very harsh answer. Um, I don't want that for you though. So here's what I would encourage you to do. You have to learn how to put yourself out there if you want to make a living getting paid to do what you love, which is be creative. Now, one of the ways that I would do that is it is very hard as an introvert and as an extrovert to do this. And what I'm going to say is important. Introverts, I think, make the best entrepreneurs because they have the most time to think and they don't just blurt out everything, you know? Extroverts have some advantages as well because they're maybe a little bit more inclined to go out and put themselves out there. However, here's the deal. Putting yourself out there as an introvert is so hard if you suck at problem solving. Putting yourself out there as an extrovert is also hard and it's just embarrassing if you suck at problem solving because you're not you're not helping anybody. So my answer is if you're an introvert and you're going, even if you're an extrovert and you're going, I don't feel like I can put myself out there, you don't feel confident in putting yourself out there because you're not inclined enough to understand how to solve a problem for somebody. The second you learn how to solve a problem for somebody, it is like your world changes. Like when you can figure out and you, you it's a muscle, by the way, it's a muscle. Problem solving is a muscle, right? Scott, mm. the same way you now can look at a brand and look at what their downsides might be and how you can creatively help them overcome some of those. You can do that way better now than you could do when you started. OG 2011, 12 Scott Backen on Instagram could not do it the same way you could do it now. And the reason why is because it's a muscle. So you've got to understand that the more time you put into looking around, looking at the world around you and going, how can I see problems? How can I learn to develop solutions and then create an offer around it and go pitch it to somebody? The more you can just try that, obviously the easier it's going to get. But again, it's so hard to start if you're not confident in the fact that you even understand the problem is. It's so terrifying to go pitch a brand and tell them they have an issue when you're not even sure what the issue is. 
right? And if you can never go tell a brand that they have an issue, you're never going to get paid to solve it. So if you want to get better at putting yourself out there, if you want to get better at you know, breaking out of out of their shell and actually building a creative business, just focus on problem solving. Like uh, Scott, I'm going to write a book on this one day. Like honestly, like, of course I've, I've you known are. this for a, for a while. I know you will. I will write a book on problem solving because it is truly that fundamental. If you can learn how to problem right. solve, you can do anything, and you'll never be scared about your income running driver again because you'll go, great. If I lose an income stream, if this changes, if the industry changes, if everything that I was getting paid for, the free people start doing. Well, I just got to go find newer, bigger, better problems that are costing people more money and I'll just go figure out how to create a solution for it, right? So right. if you're if you're introverted, if you're nervous to put yourself out there, you're probably just nervous because you're not close enough to the problem you're trying to solve. You don't understand it enough. And if you understand it just a little bit more, it would give you a little bit more context, a context and context leads to confidence. And then confidence obviously can lead to action. So it works totally. backwards. If you want more action in your life, you need more confidence. If you need more confidence, you need more context on the problems you're trying to solve. All right. This has been awesome. This has been such a good, good episode. And I know that there's so much more we could dive into. But if you're listening, if you are uh, listening to this on your, uh, however you listen to your podcast or watching this on YouTube, I really hope that you've taken notes. I really hope that you have looked at this. But then I hope that people take this away and can reevaluate some of their strategies moving into their creative journey. Um, I feel like we will definitely do a, a follow up to this because I feel like I'm in. Let's uh, do it. There's so much. Hey, we need you know, a follow up with you on the Creative Rise podcast as well. Yes, we had I'll you come and Zach on. on like we're crushing these ago. podcasts this year, so we're all about empowering people. Let's so do we'll it. do it on. We'll do it. Um, but this has been so good, and we'll definitely do a follow up because I feel like today we tackled problem solving. Um, I'd like to talk to you about, uh, we won't do it on this one, but systems, um, yeah. better systems for creators. Cause I think that's going to be a huge one. And maybe we'll do a follow up. Let's do it. Um, cause I think that uh, we talked about earlier about the, the, the art, but then the business and so much of like, um, business is not sexy. It's not cool. Like mm. invoicing and, and taxes and management and just even, um, central places. I know that we're using notion a lot. So, mm. uh, you know, finding those spots that, that help people in the administrative um, which is just not the sexy stuff, but it, honestly, it keeps the tires on the Well, and if you car. can figure it out, <laughs> if you can figure it out, here's the best part about business, guys. If you can figure out how to get some systems, you want to build systems because then you can just find people to run your systems, right? Yeah, and that's it. Like, that's another great. problem to like, solve. This is what who I can, talk about all the time. This is what our next podcast should be about. This is one of my okay. favorite quotes that I said. Set if it you want to be a six-figure business owner, you got to start acting like a six-figure business owner. Six-figure business owners don't do everything themselves. They create systems, mm. they find people to run systems for them, and they get back to doing what they're great at, right? Which is it. so important. This is so good. Joey, I want to thank you for the time that you spent with us today. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about Joey and, and Creative Rise and all that you're doing? Yeah, 100%. So uh, if you want to connect with me, my name is Joey Spears, S-P-E-E-R-S. -E -E I'm not related to Britney Spears. Uh, that's just everywhere all over socials. Uh, if you want to build a business that you will be so proud of, if you want to build a business that allows you to succeed at doing what you love for a living, if you want to hit six figures or you're close and you want to hit your next six figures, like multiple six figures, Creative Rise is the best place you're going to be able to do that. I promise you, uh, we put our heart and soul into making sure that happens for everybody. So Creative Rise is at Creative Rise on all social platforms. Um, creative has no E on the end. Uh, that's a whole other story. That's a business story. It's a domain battle that I get into and I just went, screw it, we'll drop the E. Um, that's a whole other story. But Creative Rise on all We're platforms. We're going to do it anyway. The, the Creative Rise podcast is... This is pumping my own tires, but I, I truly think it's great. We do an episode every single week and we only ever talk about how you can learn tools, tips, strategies, stories, all that stuff that's going to help you build a business. Uh, 
And so we will not waste any of your time. I promise we won't waste any of your time on there. So you can tune into that weekly Creativeverse podcast anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, that's a great place to hang out. And of course, creativeverse.com if you want to check out what's going on over there. Um, and we've got some free resources there. Again, the pricing calculator is coming out, creativeverse.com forward slash pricing calculator. Uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to get that into people's hands. I've already started dripping it to some people and they're like, nice. I get voice notes from them. They're like, bro, this is amazing. They're like, you've done it. And I'm like, yes. The calculator. Like, I want it so bad. <laughs> I want it to be so good, so bad because I know that it's such a struggle for people. So if you struggle with pricing, please go check out that calculator because I know it's going to really help you. We will check it out. And Joey, we will be following along. Everyone go give Joey a follow, listen to him. And obviously you can tell from today's episode that he is a believer in people. And so we're excited. We're excited for round two and excited for all that is coming. Thank you, Joey. If you guys like this podcast, make sure to like and subscribe. We'll keep bringing great guests and information like this. And we're pumped about your journey and we will see you on the other side. Awesome. Thanks, Joey. Have a Thank good you. rest of the day and we'll see you guys soon. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.